And if you get that told that enough, you're going to forget everything else. You're going to forget that diabetes can be cured. You're going to forget that actually we should be trying to help people to lose weight, be healthy, go low carb, carnivore, whatever else you want to do, do intermittent fasting, go and exercise. You're going to forget all that because all you're, you're having is just being bombarded with drugs, 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 drugs. That's how you treat things, drugs. Everything's drugs. The mere mention of lifestyle interventions like weight loss, exercise, diet is often in the context of it won't work. So basically don't bother. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Meet Medic podcast. I'm Dr. Suresh and I'm a GP and certified lifestyle physician. And in this episode, I want to talk about why doctors seem to just want to prescribe medications rather than seemingly wanting to try and do anything else to actually fix the patient. Now, there's some doctors out there that are going to hear this and say, hang on, that's not fair. We don't do that. We try and help the patients. And that's true. But very often, from the patient's perspective, that's what they see. They go to the doctor and they see, here's a prescription. Why is that? Why do so many people complain that their doctors just don't seem to do anything else other than just prescribe a medication for them? Well, there's a few reasons why that might be. It greatly depends on who you see for a start. But there's definitely a sense out there in the community, in the public, uh, and I see it a lot, people complaining on social media especially, that their doctors just seem to just give them a prescription. It doesn't matter what they go in for. And often the criticism is, well, why aren't you actually trying to help me? Now, there's definitely going to be some doctors out there that just reach for the prescription pad very, very quickly. But there's others that don't. So why is that? Well, there's a few reasons why that might be the case. Now, the first one really is time. Time is a big factor in a consultation. Now, it depends why you've gone to the doctor. And let's assume, for the purposes of this, this talk, that this is about a kind of longer-term illness, longer-term issue. We're not talking, okay, I've got a chest infection or a throat infection. That might just need an antibiotic, a prescription, and off you go. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about longer-term issues here. So time in the consultation, that's a big issue. That's a big driver as to why doctors just seem to just prescribe rather than try to fix it. The time it takes to do a really thorough, proper job is a lot longer than what a lot of doctors take. But why do they just not take longer then? Why do they not do a thorough proper job? Why don't they take as long as it needs? Well, there's a few reasons why that might be. Here in Australia, where I practice, we are very much disincentivized from doing longer consultations. We are disincentivized 
in spending more time with the patient. And we are actively punished, basically, for spending longer with the patient. So that's a big driver away from spending time with the patient. When you're worried that you're losing money as a doctor, the longer you spend with the patient, or you just have to charge a lot of money. So the patient's even more out of pocket, which is another disincentive. So either way, somebody loses. And then we're actively punished if we spend longer with the patient. Now, Medicare, the government, they would say, no, you're not. No, of course you're not. There's rebates for higher consultations, for longer consultations rather. We don't actively punish anybody for going over. Yet you ask any doctor, they very clearly do. There is a very clear message from the government and our regulators, well, Medicare and the PSR, Performance and Standards Review, I think that's what it's, what it's called, um, that longer consultations are not acceptable. The hoops that you have to jump through to get away with doing a longer consultation, basically, they actively punish you for spending longer with the patient, which basically leads to a shorter consultation. Now, a shorter consultation, you can't do much. You really can't do a lot in those shorter consults. I mean, 15 minutes it's barely enough time to say hello. I did a consultation the other day. It took five minutes to find that patient. It took five minutes to get them into my room and get them sat down. This was a patient with severe issues. And that five minutes, that was a third of their consultation time just to get into the room. Now, I actually ended up doing a 45-minute consultation with them because they needed it. But there's absolutely no way that a lot of doctors are going to do that because they're actively punished. They're scared. They're worried about doing those longer consultations. So if it takes five minutes to get into the room, you've got what, five minutes to get out of the room. You've got five minutes for a consult. There's nothing. You can barely say hello. How are you going to get any decent consultation from that? And the problem then is, well, you really don't know what's actually going on with the patient. The patient really hasn't had any real time to explain anything. All you've really got is a very basic, oh, okay, you've got a few of these symptoms. Oh, here, take this tablet because it might help you. Sorry, you're out of time now. Most doctors are trying to just give them something, give the patient something, could possibly help. Now, if you ask me, that's a pretty terrible system. And that's why I don't work in that way. But a lot of doctors do because they're scared. They're worried. They're not allowed to spend longer with the patient. Well, we are allowed. We're just heavily disincentivized, let's put it. And it honestly takes a pretty brave doctor to actually spend longer with their patients. And this is pretty well documented across Australia. You ask any doctor that's working with uh, lower socioeconomic areas or special interest areas like women's health, for example, 
mental health. These consultations take a lot longer. And yet they're then sent letters year after year saying, we're spending too long with patients. You need to stop. You need to do more, quicker, shorter consultations. Don't take more time. Don't do longer consults. Because the government wants to save money on their insurance. They don't want to pay as much to the patient. It's not to the doctor. It's not the doctor's salary. It's the patient's rebate. But the government doesn't want to pay it. So they actively discourage and basically punish doctors for spending time. The result? Doctors don't have time to do a good job. So they resort to then medications. It's a real shame. Another reason why doctors might just go for medications rather than seeming to try and fix it is honestly they may not know how to fix it. They may not know what to do. And again, they're probably just doing the best they can. The question that I'm sure some of you are going to ask is, well, <laughs> why the hell does the doctor know and not know what to do? Are they, are they not a doctor? Well, yeah, I'm sure they are a doctor. But not all doctors can be all things to all patients. And we all have our own special interest areas. Now, I work with a group of doctors who are very good. Uh, both of my clinics, both the all the doctors are very good. But they all have their own special interest areas. We can't know all things all the time for all patients. With increasingly complex medical care, increasingly complex patients, with increasing numbers of comorbidities, increasing numbers of chronic diseases, increasing number of medications, it's very hard to do all that in 15 minutes. 20 minutes even, even half an hour. My average consultation length is something like 39 minutes because I do like to spend that time with my patients, but it's a risk. The big thing here is learning how to manage conditions, learning how to identify conditions and learning how to treat chronic conditions without medications. It takes a lot of time takes a lot of effort to learn that extra. We're not taught that in medical school. We're not taught that in training. We're taught how to get the patients in and out, how to prescribe something. We're not really taught how to actually fix people. And that is a massive failure of the medical training system. Now, this is in the UK where I train. I'm 99% sure it's exactly the same all over the world. Seemingly all over the world, people complain about this anyway, that the doctors are not actually really trying to help them. They're just trying to prescribe for them. So that's a big problem. It takes time to learn extra skills. It takes time and it takes money. And it takes incentive. Now, I spend tens of thousands of dollars every year on extra training. That's a lot of money to learn how to be better for my patients. I'm lucky I have that money. Not all doctors have that money to spend. Despite what people think, not all doctors are super rich, especially GPs. Don't get me wrong, we earn a reasonable salary. I'm not going to lie, but we're not all as rich as people think. We don't all have tens of thousands of dollars to just spend on extra training. 
So that's a very big disincentive for learning as well, is the amount of time and effort it takes learning these extra skills. You combine that then with the disincentive to do longer consultations, you can see why there's a problem. Now, I don't really know what the solution is. I know what I've done, and that's to put extra money and time into training, into learning, extra skills, like my board certification in lifestyle medicine, so that I can better help patients. I've done extra training in psychology work, counseling to be able to better help patients. But you can't force people to do that. It costs a lot of money, time, effort. People are busy, they're working, they've got families. It takes hours and hours. I mean, we're not talking a couple of hours here. You know, my lifestyle medicine course, I probably spent well over 300 hours. That's, that's a lot of time. When you've got maybe a couple of hours a day at most of essentially downtime after work. It's a lot of time to ask your doctor to then give up to do extra training. And they have to pay for it. And then they're disincentivized and actively punished for then daring to spend longer with their patients. So you can see it's all a bit kind of pointless unless you're willing to risk it. Now, this is the crazy thing. You know, doctors like me, there's other doctors out there, I'm not special. We have to risk ourselves, risk our registrations, risk our livelihoods, risk our homes so that we can then provide a better care for our patients. We have to run the risk of doing these longer consultations to give the patients better care, to give them the extra time that they need to do a better job for them. But we have to risk it. Why should we have to risk our homes, our livelihoods? Now that might sound ridiculous and people are probably thinking, oh, what the hell is this guy on about? How, how come the doctor has to risk their home to help the patient? Well, basically, the government here in Australia, they'll quite happily turn around to you and say, no, actually, we don't think these longer consultations were valid. We don't think these rebates that we paid out, either to the doctor directly if they're bulk billing or to the patient, we don't think that these rebates are valid. We don't think that you should have done these longer consultations. We think you could have done it in five minutes not 50 minutes. So actually, you can repay us now. But not just for that one consult that we think is not valid. No, 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 no. Because we think you've done one consult that wasn't valid, we're just going to assume that all the consults you did weren't valid. Because, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So actually, you can now repay us for all of those consultations that you did all of those rebates that you did. Now that can run into hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because we're not talking like, oh, for the last week. No, no, we're, we're talking for the last like two, three, four, five years. They can go back on a whim. 
I demand that you repay this. And if you don't, that's basically your career over. Then we can lose our houses. We can lose our assets. We have to repay that debt. And then we have to reprove that they were valid. Then we can maybe try and claim the money back. That's how the system works here. It's absolute bullshit. But that's the system that we have. So your doctor is working against that system. If they're spending longer time with you, if they're spending more time, they're trying to help you, trying to work out what's going on with you, trying to work out how to help you without those medications. Every time they run over that 20 minute mark, they're risking their livelihood. This is a very real thing. Now, there's another question that people often ask about prescribing with doctors. Do doctors get incentivized for prescribing? Now, this is a hot topic. Um, I did a video on this a while back, actually, probably about three, four years ago now, actually. And it was to date my still my most viewed video on my channel. And my, my channel is not huge. So it wasn't a huge video, but it got about a hundred times the views of my other videos. And it generated a lot of heat. Because I basically said, well, actually, no, we don't get kickbacks from prescribing. That generated quite a lot of comments, people thinking that we do. Now, I have never received a kickback for a single prescription that I've prescribed for a single patient. Now, I work in Amer I work in Australia, sorry, and I've worked in England, in the UK. I haven't worked in the rest of the world. The rest of the world could be different. Pretty sure it's probably not, but it could be. I have never received a kickback. I've never received a payment from a drug company for prescribing anything. And I never will. If they offered it to me, no, I would turn it down. I would never do that. I would never sacrifice my ethics for money. No chance, no way. But there are other ways that doctors get kickbacks. They get invited to conferences. They get paid for speaking on the behalf of drug companies. They get sponsored flights, hotels, cars. This happens. This is real. But this is not most doctors that get this. These are usually high-flying professors, top of the class, you know, top of their field kind of people. Most drug companies don't give a crap if most GPs prescribe or not. They're not targeting people like me. They're not offering me free stuff. We can't even get free pens nowadays because it's seen as unethical to accept anything from a drug company. Much to a lot of doctors' annoyance, we can't get free pens. Um, so we don't get kickbacks. As far as I know, no doctors do. At least not directly. Indirectly, yeah, look, there is some pressure to prescribe. There is incentive for some doctors to promote drug companies and their drugs. 
But most of us out there, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to do what's right for the patient. Another big problem, though, is the guidelines. The guidance that we are given as doctors on how to treat conditions. I'll give you an example. Relatively recently, there was a guide on how to treat patients with type 2 diabetes circulated here in Australia because of the shortage of injectable medications like um, liraglutide, semaglutide, and duraglutide. So Azempic, Saxenda, and, uh, and um, uh, Trilicity by the brand names. And this guidance basically was, you know, how, how to treat type 2 diabetes, guide, guide for, for treating type 2 diabetes in the absence of these injectable medications. Something catchy title. And it was, I think, two or three pages long, A4 pages. It was a, it was a reasonable length document. And pretty much there was like the first line was, you should try lifestyle interventions. But they will probably fail. So here's all these drugs you can prescribe instead. And then for the rest of the document, it was, what drugs do you prescribe? There was pretty much one line on not prescribing drugs. In a treatment for a objectively, arguably a entirely lifestyle-based illness. There was pretty much one line on treating it with lifestyle interventions. That's insane. But that's what we have as doctors. That's our guidance. That's what we're told to do. And if you get that told that enough, you're going to forget everything else. You're going to forget that diabetes can be cured. You're going to forget that actually we should be trying to help people to lose weight, be healthy, go low carb, carnivore, whatever else you want to do, do intermittent fasting, go and exercise. You're going to forget all that because all you're, you're having is just being bombarded with drugs, 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 drugs. That's how you treat things, drugs. Everything's drugs. The mere mention of lifestyle interventions like weight loss, exercise, diet, is often in the context of it won't work. So basically don't bother. But here's all these drugs you can prescribe. So that's another big reason why doctors may just go for those medications, which is a real shame, but it happens. Most doctors are just trying to do the best they can for their patients, but time is the biggest factor. So anyone out there that's listening to this, anyone out there that's watching this on YouTube or listening on my podcast, if this is something that bothers you, doctors seeming to just go prescribing medications without really putting in the effort, think about why that might be. And if you want more time with your doctor, lobby the government, speak to your member of parliament, Speak to the politicians. Get on social media. 
tweet about it, get on Instagram, get on Facebook, complain to the government, not to the doctors, not about the doctors, but to the government, about the government, for restricting your rebates, restricting your insurance, and preventing you from having those longer consultations, preventing you from getting healthy, forcing you to take those drugs because doctors don't have time to do anything else. Maybe then doctors won't just reach for the pill, reach for the pill pad every time. Maybe then they'll be able to spend more time with their patients and do a better job. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Meet Medic podcast. I've been Dr. Suresh Kawadka. Thank you for listening. I just want to say a shout out to all my valued Patreon supporters. And if you're interested in supporting this channel, please go to themeetmedic.com forward slash Patreon to subscribe if you want exclusive content, early access and extra support groups and consultations with myself. Thank you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for this. Li Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeekmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50OFF. That's code 50OFF50OFF -F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.